Hello, everybody. Zen Parenting Radio, number 36. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Are you going to say the number at every single show we do? No, just this one. No, you did it the last three. And the last three. And the last three. Okay. We are talking about tantrums. Does your kid ever have a tantrum? Well, we're here to tell you how to stop it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Do exactly what we say, and we will re- we will solve all your problems. Oh, I'd love to hear what you're going to say about that. I'm just making it up oh, right okay. now, but we'll have to... I mean, I just made a promise. We need to deliver this promise. Okay. Are you ready to deliver this promise? Um, No, because oh. I don't think that's possible, nor do I... Do you hear my clinky necklace? Quick it's fixes. It's I have to take it off. Quick fixes is what we're all about on this show. Uh, actually, not at all. That's oh, quite, really? That's quite the opposite I thought we're we all do. about uh, top 10 lists... And quick fixes. Um, no, we're actually about be introspective, be thoughtful, and figure out how to do this from your heart. That's what I meant to say. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant Same thing, right? So uh, two quick uh, housekeeping notes. Avid Company is our sponsor, one of our sponsors. Um, they do painting, remodeling, decorating all over the Chicagoland area. Give them a call, 630. And house additions. 956-1800. Uh, yeah. And is that how you say it, house additions? That's exactly They put additions is. on houses, and they're doing ours right now. And we're going to talk about our new sponsor, um, Poofin. And we actually did a little commercial for them on Friday. Poofin.com. That you may have seen uh, on YouTube. So we're going to be talking about them quite a bit uh, for at least the next month. So anyways... Uh, uh, we'll be talking about them, and it, ca- it actually uh, plays right into what we're talking about. It does. Today. I think that they're not only do we love them and they're an excellent sponsor, but it really is helpful with this communication about tantrums because it can actually be a tool. So, in preparation of the show, you threw a curveball at me and you said you want to talk about tantrums, but I also want to talk about adult tra- tantrums, and yes. I didn't. That kind of threw me for a loop. So, do we want to start with the adults or the kids? Well, let's. Let, I'll just throw. I'll start with the adults, and I think it'll lead into all the other stuff. So, what happened? Well, instead, of, I, I don't want to tell the story quite yet. I'll I'll tell it in a second. Gotcha. What I want to say is that I think we look at kids and we say, yeah, they throw tantrums, and look at them. They're, um, you know, they're pout, they're pouting, they're stomping the ground, they're getting angry, they're saying things that they don't mean. Um, look how upset they are, and we just want them to stop doing that. Right. And the irony is, or craziness is, that adults do that all the time. It may look a little different. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not, you know, stomping their feet, in, but a lot of times they are, right. or clenching their fists, or saying things they don't mean, or, um, you know, saying things that are inappropriate, or whatever it may be. But adults have the exact same type of experience when they have emotion that they haven't released. And so I want to say that just because. Because I think that'll set the tone for understanding why you and I do not believe tantrums to be really that bad of a thing. Right. They are a pain in the butt. And when our children are having tantrums in a store or whatever. Our kids have never had tantrums. <laughs> yeah, right. Again, yeah, right. Right. Um, but if you can understand why they're happening, if you can understand what's behind a tantrum and what we can do as parents to help our children in that situation, mm-hmm. then I think you'll be less frustrated and less scared. Because a lot of parents tell me that tantrums scare them because they they feel out of control okay and so if we have a better understanding of what's going on i think you'll feel less out of control okay so how's that for a beginning that sounds like a good beginning so do you want me to tell the story now tell the stories it's easier for me to relate to stories than ideas about how to parent well the story was i told you today i dropped off the girls and unfortunately i've had to drive the girls to school lately because our house is under construction so we're living across town so i drove the girls to school and you keep messing with stuff, and you're throwing me off. Sorry about that. You're, like, moving the chair and I'm moving I'm just getting the... everything all set up Okay. for a nice, productive Zen Parenting Radio but installment. We're already in the middle of oh, it. Oh, sorry about that. 
Lack of preparation. Okay. So are you ready for the story? Let's go. Okay. So I pull up to the school and, and I, so I'm kind of watching the parents walk by and I'm watching the girls judging, walk the school. Judging, judging, judging. Not judging. Oh, sorry. Actually, this is an interesting because I was watching this woman and I was watching her walk. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her son in a stroller and I actually was thinking very good thoughts. Like, oh, that looks nice. I wish I could walk home, right. you know, with the stroller, right. with Skylar in it or whatever. And then right as I was thinking that, she hit... Uh, you know, like when the sidewalk has a bump in it right. and she was hitting it, hitting it. She couldn't get the stroller over the mm-hmm. bump mm-hmm. and she kept doing the same thing. And I was thinking in my head, lift up the stroller to yeah. go over the bump. But right. again, I'm not talking to her. I'm just watching from a distance. And then all of a sudden she hits it again and she goes, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. You need to get out of the stroller. I am tired of you being in the stroller. You need to walk. This is insane. All of a sudden it became about the kid. Right. It's the it kid's was, fault. It was the kid's that fault there was that a she bump hit a bump in the sidewalk. And I watched it with two things. I know you like to say judgment, but here's the words I'll use. Awareness mm-hmm. and realization that I've done similar things like that. Maybe I haven't hit a bump and blame my kids, but you know like I wrote about in the book, you know, you spill a glass of water and because or they do and you're because you're late, you blame them for making you late even whereas, though you're already late. Whereas if you weren't late, you'd be like, "Oh, no you'd be problem." Like, oh, let's, and we always use that. There's right. so many examples. Sure. But that just I looked at her thinking, wow, that's crazy that you're blaming that kid. Mm -hmm. And also had the awareness that we've all done that Mm -hmm. before. And that in itself was kind of her little tantrum because she's sitting there yelling at him when I know she is thinking different things in that moment. Right. She hit the bump, which is kind of a metaphor. Right. You know, but there was other things going on in her head because she flipped out on something that was so minor and she probably even knew she could have lifted up, lifted up the stroller, but she didn't want to. Right. Instead, it's, it's more fun and easier to blame this kid who had nothing to do with this problem. Exactly. Then she can get it out. And what was the kid's reaction to this? He kept reading his book. Yeah. He could care (laughs) less. So my guess is this isn't the first time or the last time this mom had reacted in the way that she did. Right. I, I had a feeling that he's used to tuning that out. Yeah, he's owned out. He's like, whatever, here's mom getting mad at something I had nothing to do with, and I'm just going to tune her out. Yeah. And, you know, it goes to, you know, parents just screaming at their kids thinking it's effective. If you if you scream enough, it's they're, 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 you're going to lose them. Well, they'll think that's your baseline. The- I, use, I use the the loud voice as when I'm really, really serious, and I'm... Somebody who rarely raises their voice, I mean, really very seldom. But when I do, or like the tone of my voice is different, they know I'm serious. Right. And it's like a tool in your toolbox. But if you use that tool too many times, it's gone. It, it, well, it's no longer a tool. Right. Because I do the exact same thing. Like I raise my voice if, if the girls are completely not listening to me and I've, I'm on my third time of saying something or if it's something that's about safety and that I have. Sometimes you have an instant response of raising your voice because it's scary. Right. Whatever it may be. But anyway, so so that's an example of, of an adult tantrum or a tantrum between, um, you know, spouses. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're having a discussion or... <laughs> or an argument or a fight and all of a sudden you start bringing up stuff from the past or you never do this or Mm -hmm. you never say this or you never, and there was a tantrum-esque quality to that. You wouldn't call it a tantrum, but you would call it. uh, We call it a fight or that, you know, whatever it may be, but really there's a tantrum-esque quality to it. Okay. So that's a grown up. That's an example of a grown up tantrum. Um, Can you talk for, um, you know, maybe somebody who's not used to tantrums, maybe that they, are not even parents yet, but they're going to be parents. What? How does a tantrum happen? What? What is the cause of a tantrum? Tell me about what your perception is. My of a perception. Well, I mean, I, obviously, it's going to be different for every kid, but mm-hmm. I can kind of give you the some some 
thoughts about what's going on with a tantrum. Um, you know, I, as we were starting the show, I realized at the beginning of Zen Parenting, like in January, mm-hmm. when we first started the show, we talked about tantrums. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. I do. And I don't think we were talking about adult tantrums, but we have discussed this before. So okay. this isn't brand new, but I think it's worth um, a discussion since it's... It's worthy. It's worthy. It's and I also... because I, it'll end up you know, exploding if you don't know how to deal with them. Exactly. And one thing I I wrote in uh, my Chicago Parent blog, um, I posted it last week, but I wrote about keeping children emotionally safe. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what I call it. Keeping um, our children emotionally safe, I think Mm -hmm. is what it was titled. But basically it was about that we focus so much on children's personal, physical safety. We're such helmet people. Got to wear helmets. Got to wear helmets. Got to wear, you know. Knee pads, elbow pads, whatever, you know. You know, overly, overly cautious about their physical well-being. Exactly. And some of that has derived over time where we have seen children get hurt in certain ways. So we've created all these things to make sure it never happens again and I don't I'm not saying that's a bad thing but what I was writing about was that we're not as vigilant about making sure our children are emotionally safe gotcha. and I write a lot of different ways that we can make our children feel more emotionally safe but basically one of the biggest ones is allowing them to have um, emotional expression mm-hmm. they feel very unsafe if they are having really strong feelings like anger or sadness and we tell them to stop and and they might stop if you t- i mean sometimes they'll cry louder but sometimes they will stop but that's not good either i think as kids get older they do stop mm-hmm. i think that they know there's like a cellular memory for okay i'm not supposed to be doing this mm-hmm. and they come up with some alternative coping mechanism that is not in their highest good exactly which can sometimes be just not showing expression right so um, can I um, talk real quick about your first book and sure. a quick story? So what happened was JC was having a tantrum, and was she having a tantrum? It was she wanted to read two books, and you only want to let her read one because it was late and everything else, right? Right, right, right. And yeah, this was when she was three or four. So this is out of your first book. So I'm just going to read a quick paragraph out of it okay. because it's so good. Oh, um, you're going to actually read my words? That's right. So I'm, this is the first time we've ever done this I on Zen Parenting okay. Radio. It says, I decided to pick her up and carry her to her bedroom. I put her in bed and sit and sat on the floor. I say to her, you are safe. I am here. I relax and I skim through one of her books. I do not talk to her or look at her. I am just there. I allow her to get whatever she is feeling out of her system and I try to remain a calm presence in the room. The cries seem to be slowing down, not quite so loud, not quite as frequent. I wait until I hear only sniffling and look up at her. She's staring at me, not quite sure what just happened to her body. I ask her if she is feeling better, and she nods. I ask her if she's ready to read a book now, and she quietly says yes. So without, I mean, that's just a chunk of that chapter of the book, but can you talk about what tools you used and how you thought that that was beneficial to JC. Well, it's interesting because that that experience, and that's basically what we do with all of our kids when they have, maybe not in the exact same way where we sit on the floor and read a book, but we allow them to have this expression. And I think why it's uncomfortable for parents is because it's not really about doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's about being. Okay. So instead of being like, okay, here's what I do. Here's what I say. Here's how I move. You just... Get to a calm place yourself mm-hmm. and be there. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they, if a child is so upset and so full of anger or sadness that they've reached the stage where they're having a full-blown tantrum, you yelling at them will increase that tantrum. Right. It escalates it. It escalates it. So 
the best thing you can do is find the calm in yourself, which is not easy, mm -hmm. but take your deep breaths, sit down and be there mm -hmm. because it's a sign of it's okay for you to have this expression. Mm -hmm. It's also a sign of I'm here mm -hmm. if you feel scared right. because tantrums are scary, you guys. Right. The, your kids are feeling out of control when these things are happening. Um, they're not necessarily comfortable with the emotions that are streaming through their body, but they need to get them out. Right. I kind of... Let's give a good metaphor for when children are releasing emotions. It's like I don't know. It's I, like vomiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get it out of your system. Yeah, if you're sick and you got a virus or whatever it is, um, vomiting is the way that the body naturally lets go of yeah. what negative thing, whether it's a virus or whether it's a Bacteria, negative emotion right. or whatever. And this is kind of the vomiting. Tantrums are so. I guess what you're saying is. Don't look at tantrums as necessarily a bad thing. Right. Negative emotions are toxic. Mm -hmm. And so, and when I say that, I don't mean that they're toxic like you should never have a negative emotion. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you experience it, it needs to be released. Mm -hmm. It needs to be, and for adults, sometimes it needs to be talked about, or for kids, it, they need to have a good cry. If they don't, it gets embedded in them. It becomes part of who they are. It becomes pushed down. It becomes something that they don't know what to do with. And so if we can allow them to have that release and not worry about so much what it is about, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of times a release that they're having is not about the thing that just happened. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, the woman who was pushing her son in that stroller, right. I'm sure she wasn't really angry about the bump. Right. Um, because we all have bumps was, in the road. It was a result of the rest of her morning that exactly. went bad. Exactly, and, and we all know that. Mm -hmm. But then in the moment with our kids when they're having a tantrum, we're like, you shouldn't be sad about that. That doesn't, you know, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you should be that angry or that upset. That's ridiculous. But we all know that that's not what it's about. It's a piece of it. Right. It's a part of it. So. Well, you keep using the term release, and I'm going to... Do you mind if I mention one more thing from your other book? Because you, you wrote two different chapters, one in each book, about this type of thing. Oh. And the name of that chapter is called Release, right? Yes, it is. So this uh, was instead of JC. JC was the... Um, you know the main person in the in the chapter of the first book. This one happened to Cameron, and it's because whatever she was doing something with stickers, and the sticker ripped. Yeah, she she was trying to put stickers in this sticker book, and one of the stickers ripped, and she lost it completely. And as parents, we can all relate to that. Like everything is fine, all of a sudden a silly piece of paper rips, and she loses it. She's she melts down. She's a puddle. Right. She has no capability of doing it, and she completely lost it. Right. right? So this is what this, these are the this is the outline that I did. This is my words again. These are your words. Thank you. Staying present for this type of outburst can be challenging, which is what you just said. Yeah. It is not easy to hear her sob. My discomfort urges me to ignore her behavior or tell her to stop. But those big cries are begging for attention, and if the crying isn't acknowledged, a tantrum might not be far behind. In either situation, she's just asking for validation. Can you allow me to cry instead of trying to fix it? Can you accept me instead of telling me to be different? A full 10 minutes passes before Cameron cries, slows down. I quietly say, can I do anything to help you? She shakes her head and rests on me for a while longer. Eventually, she jumps down and picks up her sticker book. She looks at the ripped one with a smile and asks, could I have a piece of tape? I got to get back to fixing this thing. <laughs> so all cool, so Cameron. in that one, what She's you're just cool. saying is she Cameron was saying, just let me do this. Yes. Even though she doesn't have those words, she's saying, you know, when kids lose it, just let them lose it. Just let them lose it and be... Pre do you know why parents can't let them lose it? Because they get uncomfortable. Exactly. And why do they get uncomfortable? Because they're embarrassed. Um, well, it depends where it is. If it's in a grocery store, it's because they have social embarrassment. Right. Uh, if it's within the confines of your own home, I don't know. Well, what do you think? How do you... What, it, 
I think, this is what I think, that it brings up that discomfort in us. Sure. That if our children are feeling sadness or anger, then all of a sudden we feel sadness or anger and we don't want to feel it. Mm -hmm. So we tell them to stop it. Right. Because probably in our history, someone told us to stop it. Mm -hmm. And so we think to ourselves, this is not okay. We kind of go back into our cellular memory or our um, history Mm -hmm. and we tell them to not do that because it brings up uncomfortable feelings in us. So once again, Again, the theme of our show is to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of our kids. And this is no exception. If we have the ability to process this stuff right. and be in a good place for our kids, then when these challenging times come, they're we, not so difficult. We have the strength or we have the patience or we have all that. But if we're running on fumes and we have not had anything to fill our own emotional tank, then of course we're going to be, it's going to be much more challenging to be able to get them to, to be in a position to be able to help them. I almost think that I might be jumping the gun here, but they were often envious that kids can release that way. Oh yeah. Because is it, remember in one of our first shows when we talked about how we would go to the ocean and yell at it and mm-hmm. how good that felt. Right. And there was such a safety there because it was just you and I on the beach mm-hmm. and it's, and the ocean can handle our cries right. and our screams. Right. And it felt so good to do that. And our kids instinctively know how to yell and scream. Until we beat until it out of them. Until we beat it out of them. Right. And obviously we're not saying physically, we mean emotionally and through our words. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we, they have this innate skill. To, you know what, Todd? Hmm. This happened um, two mornings ago with Skylar. Okay, tell me. Remember, what we were. Um, she came out for oh, breakfast. Yeah, she right. woke up crying, so mm-hmm. she had a bad dream, or she was having some emotional release of her own. And she came out for breakfast, and the girls were getting ready, were eating breakfast too, and they were a little like discombobulated by her crying. Right. So I came in and I said, "Honey." Crying, totally fine, but why don't we get back in your bedroom so you can hug Bear and, and get this out, you mm-hmm. know, just get take your own space. So she went into her room, laid in her bed. She cried pretty loud, mm-hmm. um, and then she came back out. She sat here with her cereal, and remember, she started to go, ah, yeah. and she's like, I'm not done. I'm mm-hmm. not done. And she I was just, coughing. She was coughing, yeah. and I just went and helped put my hand on her heart mm-hmm. and said, keep going, keep going, let it out, let it out, and she just made that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a weird sound she made, she but once going, again, ah, she instinctively ah. knew how to get this out she of her system. She knew how to do it, and then... Um, and the girls were kind of watching her. They're kind of used to this stuff in our house. And then she was done and she started eating her cereal. Well, and I think one important thing is I, I think there have been times when we've been criticized for just allowing our kids to do anything they want. And this is not one of those cases. We set boundaries with these guys. Uh, the thing is, Skylar was at the breakfast table and she was wailing. And it was a pain in the butt to hear your kid wail. So what we said, or what you said, is you can cry all you want, but we're going to go back to your room so you don't upset the rest of the family. Right. So it's not like we just let her cry and sob and disrupt the energy of our breakfast. And especially, honestly, I think you and I can tolerate it pretty well, but Jason and Cameron are getting ready for school, mm-hmm. and they have their own kind of thoughts and anxiety about that. Right. So it's a sense of... The, like you said, the crying is just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go to a space where it's safe mm-hmm. and comfortable and you have bear and you can be there mm-hmm. instead of sitting at the breakfast table where, because people do pick up that energy, right. you know, and, and so it's, there's a, there's a difference there. Oh, whenever, whenever your kid starts crying, regardless of how good of a place you're in, if my kid's crying, it just boosts my anxiety level. It's right. just like a cellular thing. As soon as I hear a kid scream, it's, it's very, very challenging to be calm when that happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something that we do say, go, you know, and it's not like she's three years old. It's not like I said, 
go to your room and cry. We picked her up. Right. We put her in her bed. Right. And, you know, she she wanted to be in that bed. She didn't know that she did, but we put her in there. She needed comfort. She needed comfort. And she we weren't doing her any favors to just let her wail at the breakfast table. Right. So we did what was best for her. And well, was... and maybe if J- Jason Cameron weren't here, mm-hmm. she could have wailed at the breakfast table. Right. But there's a sense of family unity here where we had to be thoughtful about Jason Cameron starting their day, too. Right. And not picking that up. And so, and again, there's no perfect way to do this. Mm-hmm. I think but what you're just trying to say is, it's not like in the middle of Target we're like, hey, just let your kids scream. So and, let's talk about that. What okay. happens if you're in the middle of Target? Because everybody gets embarrassed. If that were to happen, I think a lot of these parents, are get, they get embarrassed and they start screaming at their kid, which escalates their kids crying and yelling and all and that. And then their kid is so, this awful person. So if I was in that position and I was in a clear space... I would, even if I was almost done shopping, I would say, okay, we're going out to the car. Exactly. And just get your butt out to the car, let them get this out, right? and then when they're done, go back go in and back finish in. shopping. And, and there's so many pieces that have to be in place first. Like, I, my hope is that if you try some of these things at home or you start to kind of figure out that, that it's healthy, mm-hmm. that you have maybe allowed them to release at home a few times. So when it happens at Target, you can say to them, hey, you need to get this out. Let's go out to the car. You can get it out, and then we'll come back in. So there's not this combative feeling about it like hey we're gonna go out to the car there's a certain tone yeah, that needs to be used because if your tone is negative they are still gonna feel judged no yeah like you could, you could say it two ways you can be consoling and say okay if you're gonna be sad like this we're gonna go out to the car or you could say the exact same words with a different energy and say all right, we got to go back to the car or something like exactly. that. Exactly, because then that in itself, they've already feel it's punitive. Right, and it's the energy behind the words that you have. I mean, it's not about the words. It's it's your energy behind it. The intention. And if you say it with anger and you make them feel guilty or bad or sad that all of a sudden your shopping experience has been disrupted because this kid's losing it, then it's not helping anybody. If you can be in a clear state of mind, do some deep breathing, like you said. Just do, come up with something to allow yourself and just just sit in the car with them and let them do it. it, it or or just deal with this ridiculous situation inside a Target. Right, I, I sit would, on the ground with them. Yeah. Heck, hold them. Like, actually, I was just at a presentation the other day, and um, one of the women was saying her daughter had a tantrum in the middle of her friend's house. Mm-hmm. And it was super embarrassing for her, and she wanted her daughter to go um, you know, somewhere else and have the tantrum. And I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we, as parents, that is a social feeling that we have. But I said to her, what if you were to just go sit in the middle of the floor with her and hug her? Mm-hmm. And not hug her like, oh, get better, stop crying, but just hold her, I bet it would dissipate really fast. And I know that there's a discomfort because it's our friend's house, Mm -hmm. but I guarantee you, everybody who's listening, their kids have done it too. Mm -hmm. This is something, instead of thinking that that somehow our child having a tantrum makes us not a good parent or makes our child somehow weird, we have to normalize this and understand that everyone's pulling for us. It's like I, you know, when I was in college or or in my 20s when I'd be on an airplane and there'd be a baby on the plane, I'd be super annoyed Mm -hmm. when the baby was crying. Mm -hmm. As a mom now, if there is a baby crying on that plane, all I want to do is help that mama. Right. I don't. I'm not disrupted by that baby. Mm-hmm. I want to go over and say, "Can I get you a blanket? Can you get you? You know, we all are on the same page. We got to feel united in this. And instead, we we put this social pressure on ourselves that doesn't exist. Right. We as parents feel for the other parent that is struggling with this kid because right. we've all done it before. And for us to put the social pressure on ourselves is. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's you, too much. Yeah, and you kind of you, you're you're kind of losing it a little bit. So, anyways, that's uh, 
Those are my two cents about that. Okay, you know what I think we should do is talk about our awesome new sponsor. All right, and what is the name our of Our new sponsor is, um, it's Poofin, mm -hmm. and Poofin.com is their website. And the reason that Poofin is our sponsor, there's a lot of reasons, but we bonded way before we decided to do like a sponsorship thing. I was looking at their website, and they had read some of my blogs. Like there, we had kind of a right. connection going on anyway. But Poofin is this awesome, soft, ridiculously soft mm -hmm. pillow. Mm -hmm. And what it's about is it's about your child. Mm -hmm. Basically, it has this hole in the front, mm -hmm. and what you do is you collect what are called charms. Mm -hmm. They're actually just teeny little pillows, right. and you put them inside of the pillow. Now, the, the thing about that, you'd say, well, why would you do that? These charms are pictures or images or words that are all about your child. Who this kid is. Who this kid is. So the, it, this is not for the parents to decide what charms go in this awesome poofin pillow. Mm -hmm. It is for the kid to decide. So if you could listen to Zen Parenting Radio, you understand why this is so meaningful to Todd and I. Right. Because all we talk about is, is let your child tell you who they are. Instead of us telling them who they are. And the poofin pillow, it's a toy, is a perfect literal um, tangible example of your child choosing pictures and everything to put on these little charms. They have some on the website that are already created, but you can actually make customized ones mm -hmm. and putting that in their pillow. And then they have this keepsake of who they are. Right. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And so we were really kind of in awe of the idea. And then after we met um, with them, the, the, it's uh, women in Evanston who mm -hmm. make this poof and pillow. Yeah, they're in Evanston, yeah, so they're they Chicago-based. They make it right here in Evanston. They make it right here. We were so in awe of what they were doing, and it's so aligned with our message that we just really wanted to partner with them and now we're so thankful that they're our sponsor well and you know uh we we tried this we did a trial with our daughters to see how yeah, they liked we, it we have poofins now and all three of them have their poofins and it is you know originally i'm like okay how's this going to go but they all fell in love with them and the next day after they got their first one they want to choose their own charms. They want to go on the website because mm -hmm. there's a spot where you can actually choose the charms that you want. And like I said, they have these standard charms, which, right. you know, a bunch of puppies and, mm -hmm. you know, kitties and ballerinas. ballerinas, things that our kids like food, right. you know, certain foods. And um, and they wanted to look at that. And, and actually, um, JC is already making a wish list of little charms that she wants mm -hmm. because kids get the, it's their opportunity to look and say, oh, this is meaningful to me. This, it's almost like their own little keepsake. It becomes a scrapbook for them. Like, this is what's going on with me at this time in my life. And this is who I am. And then when grandma and grandpa come over, because my parents have been in town a lot lately, they get to pull out the poofin and show them, here's some pieces of me. Mm -hmm. I love dolphins. Mm -hmm. I love kitties. I love ballerinas. I play soccer. I play soccer. So it becomes this, honestly, we could go on and on. We're kind of gushing. But I was so enthralled with this product just because I think it is like the perfect toy if you're if you are a conscious parent, mm -hmm. and I know that people listening to Zen Parenting Radio, that's probably what they'd call themselves, right. an aware or conscious parent, mm -hmm. um, and you want to have something for your child that will be meaningful to them, easy to sleep on, right. soft, comfortable, but also something that can grow into something bigger, right. because it's also the gift that keeps giving. Mm -hmm. Because then every you know holiday, every birthday, they can choose a new charm. Right. And so it's pretty cool. There's, uh, you know, when we when we met with uh, with the people there, it w there was just so obviously that our principles were in alignment right. with one another. And it's it's like you said, it is the kids telling the parents and anybody else 
who they are. I mean, these kids can share it with their friends, right? And say that, and they could trade charms and stuff like that. Yeah, like that. a show and tell kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it is absolutely perfect. You know, uh, it might be a nice back to school present if your kid happens to be struggling with uh, like school anxiety, because then that's something that they can, if not take in with them, if they're too old for that, maybe preschoolers could. But it's something that they can come home to, something that they can love on. And like Todd said, we actually have a video on mm. our Facebook page. You guys need to go to it. Um, of Skylar with her poofin because mm -hmm. our youngest, all three of the girls love it, but Skylar kind of uses it more as a squishy because she puts her bear in it. Yeah, it's not it's just got a for zipper the charms. On the back. You, yeah. They put their own favorite stuffed animals in there, and there's actually a lot more room in that pillow than you think. Than you think yeah. And then they sleep on it. Exactly. And it becomes, you know, it's just a really nice thing for, for the girls. So. I mean, so go to poofin.com, check this thing out. Um, we'll be talking about it all month, mm -hmm. and we'll, it'll be on our Facebook page. But I really at least take a look. It's such a great gift for a birthday party. It's so good for your kids. And I've been saying to Todd that I want one. Well, we'll see about that. We'll see if that's <laughs> in the budget. Okay. Um, but there is um, a coupon code oh, yeah, yeah. that they told us about. So if you put in, when you're buying it, uh, Zen Charm, Z-E-N-C-H-A-R-M, you'll get a Zen Parenting discount. Awesome. So make sure you do. So yeah, um, please get on there, spread the word, share it on Facebook, do all that other stuff. So um, I think it's time for my movie line. Okay, let's Is hear Is there it. anything else you want to promote no, before we I do? No, I think that's it. All right, movie line, here we come. Just give me one quick second. Oh, I like this movie. So the team pancake breakfast is tomorrow morning at 9 instead of 8. Oh, I almost forgot. I won't be able to make it, fellas. Veronica and I are trying this new fad called uh, jogging. I believe it's jogging or yogging. It might be a soft J. I'm not sure, but apparently you just run for an extended period of time. There it is. So um, with that, we will say uh, goodbye. Have a good week. Have a good week. Check out our Facebook page. Like it if you don't already. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Adios.